and we're back. Mike Cernovich, Cernovich.com, here to give you a preview of a podcast that I do on Rockfin. I do a book review podcast with a, a UFC fighter and all-around smart guy and great athlete. We have a bunch of episodes up there. You can find them all at Rockfin.com, R-O-K-F-I-N.com, forward slash Cernovich, C-E-R-N-O-V-I-C-H. At Rockfin.com, forward slash Cernovich, you can also find the entire back catalog of every podcast that I've ever done. People ask me about them. Where can I find them? Here's where you find them. So enjoy this podcast. This is Book Fights Episode 5. And if you enjoy it, go over to rockfin.com forward slash Cernovich and get the full back catalog. Okay, so let's get into it today. Um, So you picked, and it's an essay. It's not technically a book. It's fine. I've, I've read it before. I just read it again this morning. Uh, I think it's, it's a very interesting topic. It's a topic, honestly, that uh, I don't know which way I'd go on. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out today. Yeah, same here. So for those listening, the essay is called Bachelorhood and It's Discontent. And discontents, and it's from um, July 2018. Now, f- the first thing I ever say when I read an essay is I disavow if there's anything else on the website. <laughs> it's called like the New English Review. So I'm always like, oh, God, is this some kind of like crypto – you know, offensive site that I don't really know about and uh, people are going to try to frame me for. All I know is the essay is interesting, thought-provoking, and I read it about two years ago, and it begins like this. Leibniz never married. He had considered at the age of 50, but the person he had in mind asked for time to reflect. This gave him time to reflect too, and so he never married. And the entire essay is basically saying if you want to be a super productive winner at life, you should not get married. <laughs> Which I so oh man I I could attack this from so many angles and I and I will tell you I am married I have three kids and when my wife say when she goes to visit her family and my kids and her are out of town I get so much done so on the one hand I totally see what he's talking about totally right um, and then I well I guess on the second hand which it's semi agrees with my first point is that. Um, you know, these people like a, a Steve Jobs is probably a great one of the greatest examples. I think Musk is another great example. Um, you see them and they're they're probably not supposed to be in a relationship. They're probably not supposed to be married because they are just killers to the nth degree. They just want to go out and build and build and build. And I mean, I think Steve Jobs, how many different avenues he created in which made the world better today. And yet there's obviously there's something about being human that says we want to have a connection with another person and create a new person, you know, a kid. And yet they're so bad at it because they're so great at something else, but yet they still want it. Does that make sense? No, you're right. I love this essay. The first time I read it, I loved it. I've read it many times. I've thought about it because there there are so many angles to it where you have some men who claim, oh, I got married and it saved my life. And that's because, yeah, they probably did. Part about being in a relationship is if you're a man is you do less uh, stupid shit. Now, that's, for, that's for sure. Right. Now, the flip side is that risk-taking and having a big risk appetite is what allows you to achieve greatness too. It's the there, There's a phenomenon called something like the genius imbecile effect that yeah. afflicts men. So whenever they try to figure out the women and men in intelligence, you find out women are on average more intelligent. Women really? are is that, is that, yeah. is that the real thing? It's a real thing, but they're more men wow. at the tails. So you have more oh, okay, complete okay. dumbass men, but you also <laughs> have more geniuses. Uh, that that that's funny. I I didn't know that was a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, 
So I think, and so listen, I'm not trying to say all men, but you know, when you think of a, a Jobs and Musk, when you think about those type of people, and you know what, actually, I, I hate the book, but I'm, I'm going to kind of quote one of the things they said was the Sapiens book. It was actually the first book that we did on book fights. And uh, I hope I don't get this wrong, but in the early, in the early chapters, it says something like back in, you know, way, way, way back when, you know, there was people in these tribes and uh, the paternal and the maternal duties were shared between people and they kind of raised the kids as a group. And, you know, when I think about like a Steve Jobs or a bus, like that's probably what should happen. Like there should be a few women and a few men there and Steve Jobs should bear no parenting responsibilities. It should be like, okay, when he wants to come home and play with the kids, he can come home and play with the kids or hang out with his wife. And then when he wants to go make a Pixar or make an iPhone or make a, iPad, he can go do that. You know, there should be no responsibility that holds him back from from ruining his product levels of productivity. Right. And that's where I think the article, there's a lot of layers to it. So legitimate geniuses, and they list a bunch of people who were never married. It says in the essay, who can argue that a brief catalog of famous bachelors reads like a roll call of the architects of Western civilization? And you have uh, Beethoven. I didn't know that. Chopin, Descartes, <laughs> Galileo. Edward Gibbon, the, the author of The Decline of Fall of the Roman Empire, Immanuel Kant, Soren Kierkegaard, on and Isaac Newton, and it's a mind-blowing Nikola, uh, Nikola Tesla. The list, the list is very, very impressive. Yeah, this is quite a list, and it's a phenomenal, fascinating list, and you realize that for a certain category of man, a certain genius man, and this is why I always recommend to men to read the essay because me – I'm one of those people I can honestly say I've had the best of both worlds. I was single and I loved it and I did all the things that you know people when they watch beer commercials think is cool. So I've done the YOLO thing. And well, how, how, long, how long were you uh, unmarried for? Um, long enough, long enough to to have to be tired of being a bachelor. Well, but, what age? <laughs> what age did you get married at? Well, I was I'm, I was married earlier and I got married young. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. and that was a really catastrophic – a man should never get married in his early 20s because you haven't peaked. You, you know, you, As you're a man, you, you look better. I remember I, when I turned 28, it was weird. It was like a, nobody told me these things, and women just started flirting with me more, and I was like, what, what is going on here? And then I found out that and, – and OK Cupid and other people have shown this – men, at least in America, are most desirable 28 to 36. What? Yes. Are you kidding me? No. So, okay, you can't talk I'm like, like – Mike, how do you have all these statistics in your brain? Like, <laughs> I, I was telling someone about you the other day like, yeah, I, I do the podcast with this guy. And, you know, whenever I, 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 I know something, but maybe I don't know the specific name, but if I say, well, this thing, he knows the specific name every single time. What is the deal? I don't know, man. I'm, I just reprogram my brain all the time. And there, uh, I, the, the reason is that if you're – um. If you're a lawyer, you learn right away to f just file things away. Your mind becomes like a filing cabinet. So I, I very much have the the idiot savant where I'll forget where I put my phone. Like, I, what? Mm -hmm. Where's my phone? Or where's this? I even have a routine where before I leave my house, I I tap my left hand and my right hand to make sure I have my keys, my wallet, my phone because I really uh, I, I do yeah. that all the time. That's right, right. That, that's mandatory. Right. <laughs> But then I'll remember all of these obscure things because I kind of file them away. And OK Cupid crunched the data 
and they would say, okay, how, many, how likely are people to get reply based on a certain age range? Who do women want? And for men, the most desired age, 33. And wow. yeah, and so right now I'm reading a New York Times article where it says, um, this was published last year, for online daters, women peak at 18 while men peak at 50. So I don't Wait, think- what? Yeah, I don't think that's uh. actually right. I think that goes- um, too far, maybe don't they don't really understand it. But OK, Cupid crunched all the data, and they found out that if you're if you're a man, twenty eight to thirty six is prime time for you. If you're messaging women, you're you're going to get hit up. And I noticed that my face changed in my late twenties. Your face wow. does take on a more masculine role because you lose a lot of that facial fat that you have when you're younger. That you know, chipmunk cheeks or whatever. I mean, uh -huh. you've always looked like a Greek, you know, God, so you can't really, you can't <laughs> well, really, you know, relate. I mean, I think when I was 18, I could tell, I mean, my wife says I'm more attractive now than when, you know, like say my senior picture, mm -hmm. because I mean, it does just look like, you know, I, was, I look like a little kid in that picture. And now I look like a full grown man. Right. Uh, so I have, and you know what, you know, what's really changed. I actually just watched, uh, someone sent me something from when I was in college, my voice has changed so much. It's crazy how much deeper my voice has gotten in the last decade, which you don't even notice it because you don't really hear yourself speaking. And I watched the old interview. I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe how high my voice was. It was crazy. Well, you're lucky. My mine never dropped. Mine never dropped. So I'm stuck with a I'm stuck with a Mike Tyson voice for the rest of my life. I even took voice lessons and it's like, OK, this is just the way it's going to be. Me and Mike Tyson will have to. To, to bear <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, your face does look good. You do look better as a man. So if you're a man and you're 26, you're not even in your you're not even in your peak. So you have no business getting married. Wait until you're in your mid 30s, and then you're gonna have the most options. Because it, it really is true. When you're 30, if you're a man and you're like 33, 34, you can date a recent divorcee who's in her 40s and does yoga and is just hot and she knows what she wants. <laughs> So there's no real games. She's just like down, right? Or you could date girls right out of college if you wanted to. Sure. You're, you're, you're in that range. And for men, so the New York Times article says for men it's 50. I don't think it goes to 50, but you're still in the band. So one of the really unfair aspects of male versus female is if you're a man you and you're 50 – you can still get a woman who's like 35, and if you have it together, you can get like a very attractive woman at 35. But if you're a woman mm -hmm. and you're 50, uh, it's just less likely to happen. Yeah. And so, the, so yeah, I'm reading, and I'm reading now the Jezebel article from the, when the study first came out, and they're saying what age people are most desirable. When when do women find men the most attractive? I DM'd it to you on Twitter, and it's, yeah. it's just crazy. So women, you know, women have it a lot rougher where men, you hit that band, it's a set. So if you're, I always tell these men, especially, hey, you're not, you're not in your peak when you want to get married and settle down or whatever, make sure you're in your peak and you have all your most options. Interesting. Okay. So let's, let's do, I see this article you sent me. Um, let me, let me ask you this. So if the case is, which I think you're very likely to be able to make the case that if a man does not get married and have children, he's much more productive. I think that's a fairly easy argument to make, okay? So then, then we have two problems. And number one, men, like I said, like with the Steve Jobs and Musk, no matter what, no matter who they are, I think they feel the urge to have that bond with someone. And number two, 
uh, obviously we need someone to reproduce. And it had, I think, I believe it's been shown without a shadow of a doubt that kids grow up healthier when there is a two parent household and then they have some type of masculine and feminine role at home. Sure. There's, a, there's a lot of layers to it. One is, and that's why I mentioned I've done it both. I've been single and been, you know, whatever. And I've been, I have kids, so I don't, I'll never have that midlife crisis. Like I love reading to my daughter before bedtime. It is so fun, you know, when she wakes up and they're, they're talking, the interaction. So I feel really fulfilled and mellowed out. But that said, I think just to really kill it into your 40s and 50s and to operate at the level of a Steve Jobs or someone else, I don't, I don't think you can have kids. I think you have to just be fully committed. Now, on the other hand, a lot of these people like Tesla, they were like lunatics and a lot of them died with, you know, some kind of, you know, mental so, issues so, and other things. So you're saying maybe they tried to get a girl and they just, they couldn't get it done because they had too many issues, which made them successful in one area, but maybe made them fail in other areas. Well, Tesla, he wrote that he, he never even, he never even played with himself or ejaculated or anything. What? Yeah. Yeah. There was sexual transmutation energy. So he believed that that was, yeah. So he was an oddball, but that said, you know, Einstein was brilliant too. And he was actually a philanderer. Um, he, yeah. that's one of those things that people don't know. He was like a notorious womanizer. Uh, Richard Feynman would go to strip clubs and every, so I don't know. So I, the, when, when I was thinking about this, you know, when I knew we were going to talk about it, I think the point, and, and I like the essay because it's a polemic. I like of people who take a very hard position and dig in. But one thing I notice is when you do have kids, it, it is just time. And a lot of time you're spending and, and doing banal things like picking up after a kid or this and that you're not doing on your craft. You're not honing your craft. You're not, if, if it's something like physics or science, you're, you're going to be distracted for, you know, a certain number of years. So you can't do that whole workaholic thing where you're working 18, 20 hours a day, pulling all nighters and just being kind of a weirdo stinky man. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't think the 18 and 20 hour days are, are healthy, but you know, I think one of the things, I mean, and, and I'm doing this actually this fall because I become so busy. Is I'm getting a personal assistant. I know my wife and I, um, and she, she's at home right now, although she's getting a real estate license right now. Uh, you know, we've hired a babysitter too, because to exactly what you're saying, it's like when you're, when you have to constantly clean up after kids, cook for kids, put them to sleep, change their diaper, all of that stuff. Um, man, it sure takes away from your productivity. It makes it really, really, really challenging. And luckily, I don't have a specific schedule. I do what I want on my own time. And so I can schedule it to the way I want. But absolutely, it hurts your productivity. And if you're, if you're in a position like, say, a, a scientist who has to go into a lab all the time, um, I could really see where it would, uh, it would crush the level of productivity of someone. Right. And that's where men just uh, you know, need, need to be kind of exposed to that point of view. The it's a it's a time commitment. Now the flip side is that I'm much more mellow out. I'm more I, I would say I'm more fulfilled. With are you saying you're more mellow because of your kids? Or are you saying you're more mellow because you're older? No, no, definitely not because I still have you know high tea and all that stuff. I, I just I, I'm more. So I, I, I it's a very small example, but it's almost like metaphorical for my life, which is like I just used to bump into things, crash into things, not really pay attention. But when you're literally, literal, literally, no, like literally, I would just have a room. So, sometimes I do yeah. walk into stuff. No, no, yeah, no, I would just literally, <laughs> no, I mean, literally, I would walk up the stairs and just slam into things. And Shauna would say, Why do you have bruises? Where did that bruise come from? And I was like, I don't know, man. But when, <laughs> when I had a when I had a daughter and you're carrying a kid, I'm like, Okay, I, I have to be 
careful of where I'm stepping. I have to be more mindful and more conscientious. And that, as you know, habit recreates who you are. So that habit has made me more mellow. Now, the flip side, you know, I think I'm maybe a little too mellow, right? I miss the the piss and vinegar, the just getting pissed off and then riding. I, I, I'm more productive that way when I'm pissed off. And it's, it's hard to get mad when, you know, your two and a half year old daughter is coming out and saying, you know, let's go play with the ball or something or grab the dog or, or do something. And their voices all the melody and everything. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of chills me out maybe a little bit too much, which again, doesn't defeat the thesis of the article. The article, I think the thesis is if you just want to live with a singular life and really focused on your craft, then being married and having children is going to take away from that. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with the article. I'm saying that. But I, so I think then then we, we have to go back to kind of what I said earlier about how do we solve those other problems that, you know, those some of those people, I bet they did kind of live unfulfilled lives because they had that. I, I think there is something about, that's human about wanting to bond or spend time with other people. And then also then the next generation of children being raised, uh, you, know, you say is a lot healthier when you have both influence influences a male you know masculine and feminine influence within the household so uh yeah i i like i said i don't even need to argue about the more product point anymore i think we're definitely more productive without uh other things attached to us but i I just don't i think that's like uh impossible to just say okay let's just do that that's that's almost impossible well that's for a society though there's always sure I, i always think in terms of because in my line of work, it's people like, how can I live my best life ever? And that's one thing I like to tell people, especially um, younger men, is you should be single for as long as you possibly can. Uh, get get your value. Do you, do you think all the all the good women are taken by then, though? Um, but you can date. You know, you can if you're 35 and you decide you want to get married, you can marry a 25 year old. And in fact, do you think a thirty-five-year-old that dates someone that young is is a little creepy? You think that's totally okay? No, I'm ten ten-year age gap, and they're in the mid twenties. I mean, yeah, I, I suppose that's not bad. Huh? Yeah, I'm, my wife is thirty-two, and I'm forty-one. It's, it's actually you, you missed, go, Mike. Yeah, I, I, I did. So it's a good gap actually because it isn't so much that it's a complete generation gap, but it's. And it's enough of, of continuity. And so, yeah, you can, if you're 35 and you say, I want to have kids, you can marry probably easier now than ever. If you're a man with it together, these girls, I mean, the men out there, like I would hear about them, you know, cause I have a, you know, I, I meet women and stuff at these various events and they're like, Oh yeah, guys are lame. And I was, I'm like, look, dude, I quit fishing for compliments. If you want me to just say you're great, I'll tell you. I thought it was just old fishing for compliments thing. But then I realized like, no, dude, they're actually younger women are having trouble finding men who are kind of classically masculine, have their lives together, just real hard hitters, right? They're, they're struggling to do that. So it's becoming the, – the, the system is becoming rigged actually in favor of men where men who hmm. are very like top of the food chain have their pick and then – Wait, but do you think that was kind of always the case? Well, we had – it wasn't in America until recently. Really? Because, I mean, obviously back in the day, I mean, top of the food chain, men got many women, well, right? Well, it's pretty much as many as they wanted if we go far enough back. Well, sure, but one thing that well, one thing that made Western civilization great was my grandparents 
they met when they were like 19 and 17. Yeah, and of course. people just people coupled up at a young age, and then everybody who wanted to have a family sort of could have a family. The women weren't overwhelmed with choices, and five women weren't chasing the same men for the most part. Urbanization changed it. The urbanization. Yeah. So what dating apps, social dating apps, did was they urbanized the entire world. So if you're like a guy in New York before dating apps, you could you know you could date multiple women, but where are you going to meet them? And it's, it's kind of a racket. Whereas now they're they're just on apps and they can they can run them kind of virtually. Is it is it yeah. time? And that is showing a lot of problems now. I mean, single motherhood is is way way on the rise and okay. broken homes. It's single single motherhood was prior to dating apps, correct? But the the rates are going way up. Oh, it's still going up. Oh, man. I thought I, I thought it was fairly stagnant about the last twenty years or so. No, I think I think the rate now is fifty percent. The rate is so high that when I read them, okay, in the United States, eighty-three percent of parents are mothers. Among this percentage, forty-five percent of single single mothers are separated or divorced. So, yeah, the unbelievable rise in single motherhood in America. I, I'm yeah, I'm reading the same article. Yeah, the, <laughs> the numbers were so big that when people would tell me them, I didn't believe them. You have to run; uh, it can't possibly be that high, and it's super high. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess that would, uh, well, that, that now that brings us back to another topic in, in sapiens, which I said, I didn't like that book. And now, now I've quoted it twice in just a single podcast, but it talks about, uh, obviously a, a woman, um, wouldn't want to have sex with a man because obviously the, the consequences to her doing that could possibly be nine months, whereas the man could always just walk away and go somewhere else. And there would, you know, have no consequences to it. And so that's why women were much less apt to do that. And now, uh, you know, women are having a sexual liberty. And so, but now obviously said single motherhood is rising drastically. Right. What we learn is that what's fun for us on an individual level doesn't work, doesn't work society wide. And we're we're having to face a lot of a lot of these issues where too much choice is bad for most people. Most people, um, I think they're called the the guardrails. A lot of these moral rules are just guardrails. Hey, not everybody's made, or even most people aren't made to go off road. Same thing with men. I think most men, if they remain lifelong bachelors, are, are making a really big mistake. There's a class a class of men, people like Elon Musk, people like Steve Jobs, like you mentioned. But they should know right away. So when they're feeling the societal pressures, hey, why haven't you settled down? Why haven't you done this? It's like, hey, you probably shouldn't go be a genius. Go do these, go build rocket ships or something <laughs> like that. But the rest of men should probably find somebody. So I always think in terms of what the, the right rule is for society versus the right rule for most men. And I and I think that that's what you would teach people as a culture. You should get to be the highest level you can at a reasonable age. Get married, have a couple kids. You're going to be happier on average than the person who doesn't do it because lifelong bachelors that they tend to get really weird, and especially as they get so much older. So that, but, well, but that's okay. So that's where the, to what you just said. That's where I would say, Mike, are lifelong bachelors do they get weird or have they been weird? <laughs> is that why? Is that why they are a lifelong bachelor? Because you know you said that about. Tesla or you know one of those guys is like well do they have these holes in their lives because they can't find anyone they're compatible with uh, or do they develop a certain weirdness as they get older 
yeah chicken and egg classic chicken and egg absolutely I, I think maybe i think they are a little weird but then they just get super weird as it goes on because they don't have any kind of modulating influence because yeah i mean i i will say to so you know obviously well i guess i said something negative about my wife and my family earlier saying that it does decline my productivity and i see the increase when say they go out of town to her her family or something uh, but the the other side of that, and that would go right into what we're talking about now, is you're saying these lifelong bachelors get really weird. And I said, well, have have they been weird? You know, men and women are way different. And I'll say, you know, if there's one thing, and my wife still busts my ass about it because uh, if I'm talking about something meaningful or something deep, I can talk for quite a while. But sometimes I, I can be antisocial, and I think part of it is that I'm, I'm forced to be social and forced to speak to a lot of people for what I do for a living. And so, kind of when I want have off time when i'm off time i don't want to go be social and she forces to be more social and she also forces me to um and, and women are known to have significantly more empathy you know seeing stuff from another person's point of view and how it, how it affects their feelings and she has forced me to do that much much better than i ever did as a single man and so if i never had her influencing me in that way of life i, I would say i would you know i'd say she's influenced me very positively in that direction whereas if i never had a a feminine influence um with uh, the empathy and the social stuff i think i would be maybe way more different than i am today yeah they're a net positive if you find in a good healthy relationship is a net positive the the flip side too is a lot of reckless things maybe the, the issue is of course men probably take too much risk and women don't want you to take any risk at all and that's why men drive around in motorcycles without helmets, which is <laughs> really dumb, right? Yeah, that, that's like, I mean, that's like 80% of the arguments uh, my wife and I get it. She's like, you need to check yourself for ticks when you're out working on the property. I'm like, I don't give a damn about no damn ticks. Right. Leave, me alone. Leave me alone. You need to wear your protection when you're using your chainsaw. It's like, I'm just not going to cut myself. It's no big deal. You know? I mean, that's like literally probably 80% of the arguments we get in is about some type of safety of myself or my, my kids. Right, which is which is good because you'd probably have Lyme disease or something if you didn't. I would. Well, I, I got Lyme last year, but I got it with antibiotics. So no, no big deal. It's gone in like forty eight hours. Oh, you got lucky then. Some people get it really bad. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't catch it early, it it can't get really bad. But yes, yeah. I, I did catch it early, so we're good to go. And ticks don't scare me. So, I but be, you're, I would you're be right. in Vietnam probably riding motorcycles too fast or something. You know, end up with a broken femur or something. I I know that. But they don't want you to take the women, the womanly nature. They don't want you to take any risk at all, which can be oppressive at times. On the other hand, I mean, men, even successful guys like us, really just are like, I'm going to jump off this cliff into the water. I don't know. It's, maybe is it too high? How, like, how like Tom high? Brady? Yeah, exactly. Right. I that, didn't see any big deal. Everyone else was commenting on it, so I didn't comment on it. But that was like, dude, I'm taking my daughters off stuff way bigger than that. Give me a break. Well, that was fake. That was fake outrage. Where, like, wait, oh, the daughter pathetic. actually would have been worse off if she hadn't jumped because she would have skidded down the rocks. Yes, absolutely. It would have been worse. That was a, a Tom Brady game time decision that saved her from a lot of contusions. But uh, that said, uh, I've been in places where I, I was uh, visiting in Croatia, and a buddy of mine was a local there, and we jumped off this really high. It was like an old church or something in the water. And when my foot hit the water, I felt like Wait, a why, why, why was the church that close to the water? Well, back in the day, it used to be the fortresses and stuff. So it was old temple. Oh, okay. Interesting. Water. 
and I jumped and when I landed, I felt almost like a belly flop on my foot. You know how you do a belly flop and it hurts? Yes. Yep, and yep. I realized like, okay, if this were a few feet higher, I could have, you know, stress fractured my leg or something. What the hell were you doing? But you're, you're a man, right? Oh, there's a mountain. I'll go climb up it. I don't know. Did you pack water? Did you bring enough mm-hmm. hydration? So woman, you know, your wife would load you up with like 50 gallon jugs of water, but that's too much. On the other hand, yeah, maybe bring a camel back. Maybe bring a couple of uh, water bottles <laughs> or something like that. Uh, so now you are uh, – so, so our, our, I guess we're agreeing that with the weird old bachelors that women, especially from a social perspective uh, and, and with empathy and everything else, that they influence in a very, very positive direction because – and yeah, I, listen, I, I, te- I, I, will, I would think I'm smart, but I tend to – my wife is always alerting me to the risks I'm doing so that, you know – uh, a married man probably takes slightly less risks, which maybe that's not good as far as uh, successfulness is concerned. Um, and a married man also understands how to uh, get along a little better socially. Is that, is that fair? Oh, yeah. No, there's no question that men would just become antisocial apes if they weren't. <laughs> yeah, barely leave the house, lights off all the time. You would two outfits maybe maybe two outfits so they 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 definitely are and can be a civilizing uh force on men the on the other hand though genius is uncivilized that's why we we give the the most creative genius people a pass because intuitively and unconsciously we realize that a true genius and I'm certainly not a true genius is uncivilized Elon Musk for example you know he said some things that I think went afoul of pretty well-established security laws and people are like, well, how does he get away with it? Well, he's a genius. Like, his, Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he's just different. And we all recognize that he's never going to be a fully civilized member of society. And we need people who are uncivilized like that. And we need them to not get married or have children. Absolutely. And that's, what, that's one of the things I always got upset about people critiquing Steve Jobs for. Um Especially that one movie, that movie bagged on him because he, he kind of wasn't a great husband or wasn't a great father. That's it's it's sad, obviously, for his wife and his daughter. But at the same time, he was effing wild man. Like, what did you freaking expect out of that guy? It's like when the guys play with the the lions and the tigers and they get attacked, and then they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe a lion or tiger attacked me!" Like, what did you expect? The freaking lion or tiger? I mean, Steve Jobs was. Man, I want to say the most influential inventor the world's ever seen. I mean, if you just look at all the different things he had his hand in. And, and so, you know, people want to critique him because he wasn't a great, I don't know, what wasn't a great human. I don't know, wasn't a great father and husband. Uh, but, man, what did you really expect out of him? And that's why it's, it's good for people to know he probably got married and had kids because that's what people do. And now maybe there's a genius listening. Statistically speaking, there's maybe maybe one genius listening. And now that person will realize, oh, okay, maybe maybe I shouldn't conform necessarily to social expectations. And then other people who just want to kill it and be super productive, uh, you know, get both looks at it, both both sides of the equation. The average man though does make more money if he's married. The flip side though is because he has more obligations and more stress and more pressure. So it's complicated. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, um, man, I, I don't know that I have any more arguments to make. I, I, I actually feel like we're almost on the same page 
<laughs> in everything here. This is not like when we're arguing about sapiens, uh, that we both agree that bachelors are more productive. We, we both agree that women do provide a net positive to us in marriage. Um, and we both agree that there are certain people out there who should probably just forego the marriage thing and, uh, and go be evil geniuses and do what they can with the world. Yeah, and if they become rich, they can buy a bunch of Rockfin subscriptions for their friends. <laughs> Just to listen to us, and, and, and then they can feel good that they don't have to be civilized and they don't have to uh, conform to society's norms. All right, perfect, man. Good conversation. Awesome. Okay, I will. You know what? You picked out this book, so I'll pick out the next book. You want to hear one that I, I really, really love? And if you want to do both of them and do one first and one second, but the book I would like to discuss is called Stealing the Fire. Have you ever heard of it? I have not heard of it. Okay, I'll check it out. Okay, well, I will talk to you next time. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Perfect. See ya. Peace. If you like that episode, you can get the full back catalog at rockfin.com forward slash Cernovich. R-O-K-F-I-N dot com forward slash Cernovich. Get it there.